0: Hey, you are listening to the Inspire Her podcast. My name is Farron, and I'm so excited to bring in some inspiration, some amazing guests, and give you the tools you need to live your best life. Let's learn from each other, let's support each other, and let's inspire her. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Inspire Her podcast. I am So pumped for today's episode, and I am so inspired by so many people that are messaging and, you know, giving all the love, and, you know, actually I was thinking about this with the podcast, and something that you can do as the listener and as you're listening to these podcasts, and if something inspires you, I truly challenge you to reach out to that person, to tag them, to shout them out, um, to give them love, because, a lot of times, these people that come on our podcast are, you know, getting really vulnerable and telling their story. And it means so much to hear from other people that that story impacted you. So I challenge you that as you're listening to podcasts, or if you see something on Instagram that's inspiring, or you're on Facebook, or you hear a podcast, and when something inspires you, that you go back to that person and you give them either give them a shout out, give them love, or just say, hey, that was awesome because that seriously means so much to someone and it gives them the inspiration to keep going and to keep telling their story. So that being said, I am so excited to welcome a guest who isn't isn't really a guest. She's actually been a friend for a really, really long time. And you know, it's crazy because I just told her, you know, I've been stalking you and stalking. She was like, we're not, it's not stalking if uh, we're friends. So um, so I feel good now. So I'm like, I feel confident in this, but you know, a little bit of background, you know, we actually met um, in college. And so Um, my story is a little bit that, you know, I was there for a very short period of time. But while I was there, you know, I really did meet some incredible people. And this next guest is actually one of them. Um, And so we went to a very expensive school. And we, you know, and we were just saying there's kind of like a cookie cutter way to be there. And you know, and you know what you're going to be when you get out and you feel this, I guess all colleges, you kind of feel this pressure. Like, what am I going to do when I leave? Like, am I going to live up to their expectations, live up to my family's expectations? And so, you know, that's, that's what it was like being there. And then I met this girl, she was amazing. And her story just continued to evolve. And she's posting on Instagram and on Facebook and telling her story. And then Actually, you know, I think it was two weeks ago, she posts on Instagram and really tells this other part of the story. And I guess kind of like what I was always wondering and, you know, about her journey and how she got to where she is. And so I am so excited to welcome Allie Lucci, um, who is just all of the things and she will give you all of the goods, but welcome Allie to the podcast. Thanks, Farron. I'm so
1: excited to be on here with you.
0: Yay. Um, so, yay. It, yay. <laughs> Um, so if you want to tell, all right, so tell us a little bit about you, like who you are, where you're from, give me some goods. Boy, um,
1: so I'm from the Baltimore area and kind of stayed local through school. As Farron mentioned, we went to college together and that was on the Eastern shore of Maryland. We both met being on the lacrosse team and, uh, When you're from that area, you kind of like come out of the womb with a sideways ponytail and a bow in your hair and a stick in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of living up to expectations. (laughs) And um, when I graduated college, I had the urge to travel a little bit just because I was a two-sport athlete in college and I didn't do that very much while a lot of friends of ours were studying abroad and all those things. So the first job that I took was actually in England. And it was through a lacrosse program. They recruited players primarily from the East coast, just because we tended to have a little bit more experience with sport to grow the sport over in England. And it seemed, now that we were just joking a few minutes ago about like, what are the expectations of what you do after college? It really fit the Washington college student athlete profile. And right after I left the, um, the crash of 2008 happened and being abroad, I didn't really feel the impact of it, but then coming back and trying to acclimate and figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, pretty much threw like, all of my plans into the fire, and I had to be a little creative. And being an athlete, and I also spoke Spanish, I was able to get into the education system, but that was never really what I wanted to do. I was lucky to have a supportive family who was local in the area, and I eventually landed a job in D.C. teaching again, knew that was not what I wanted to do long-term. I always kind of had a passion for the fitness and um, also like wellness space, which was really kind of, in comparison to what it is now, I would say non-existent 15 years ago. Do you agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. It was so different. Um, I wrote my thesis in college on psychoneuroimmunology and holistic medicine and alternative care and practices and I remember even getting a little bit of beef from professors being like, you're not going to be able to find the research to back this. Um, And then kind of had my eye on a couple of graduate programs to go further down that path. And a lot of them were still teaching from this Western mindset of like, you're not a nutritionist, you're a dietitian, And you, um, it's diet this, diet that, cholesterol and blah, 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 blah. And I knew I didn't want to invest my time or energy in something like that. And then finally, I found a program that really fit what I was looking to do, all taught from the traditional Chinese medicine philosophy and uh, really holistic in perspective. And they had master's degrees and PhD programs in like acupuncture and yoga and transformative leadership and Chinese herbs. It was one of the coolest things I've done. And um, at the time I had left education, I was working in the restaurant industry on kind of like the creative side And the executive chef of all the restaurants in that group was super, I hate to say this, but it's just a term that I've used, like crunchy granola and really into like alternative medicine. And his wife was a nutritionist and I thought, okay, if I can work for this company and like really get under his wing, like, I feel like I could learn so much and maybe channel what I wanted to do with my nutrition degree. And I did learn so much from him. He is an incredible, incredible, incredible man. Note to self, your challenge for us to reach out to people who inspire us, I should hit him up after this. But um, anyway, I got to a point where I knew I was ready to make a change and impulsively made a move to Philadelphia to open an artisanal market and restaurant, open kitchen concept, very interactive, that I thought would be able to morph my experience in the restaurant industry and my education in the nutrition field as I was finishing my master's and talk about experiences that shape you and teach you things it was not the best choice and lots of butting heads with my business partner who I did not know very well it ended in a horrible ugly painful lawsuit and bout of depression for me that sent me back to DC just because it was where family and friends were and what I knew and um kind of like starting from square one like well what the H-E double hockey sticks do I do now (laughs) and at the time I had found like an indoor cycling studio that was all rhythm-based and super theatrical and musical. And without going down this rabbit hole, I come from a very theatrical family. And it just was like a sanctuary for me. And from the first class I ever taught there, I remember thinking, I just told Baron this a few minutes ago, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna teach this type of workout in this style and I'm gonna be the best one at it. And I rode diligently in the back row hidden for a couple of years until I knew for sure that I was the best. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like until I knew that I was at a place where I felt strong enough to really go for it. Um, And I did. And it kind of just evolved from there. And I've always been the kind of person who like had to have a plan and had to have an answer to the question of, well, what is your plan? Or what do you do? Or what, what are your goals? Or where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I do think a lot of that came from just pressure. And I don't want to speak poorly of Washington college because it was for some of the four best years of my life. And it gave me so many joyful memories, but to a degree. And there was a, there was a piece of that experience that left you feeling like you had to live up to certain expectations or fit a certain mold and DC as a city is super, super competitive and fast paced and very much about that. You you feel as though you're constantly trying to one up each other and climb whatever hypothetical ladder exists in your field. And so going from being fairly successful in my industry and at my job to completely uprooting that and doing something that was a little unconventional at the time and from a surface view, didn't look to have much profitability or longevity as far as a career went. It was horrifying. But for the first time in my life, i was like i don 't know what this will look like in a year or five years or ten years, but I know that I love it and I know that i 'm good at it, and I know that it 's allowing me to connect with people and feel as though i 'm contributing to something bigger than myself for the first time in a really long time and that was all I needed that
0: is awesome. Um, you know really what I, I was writing notes when you were talking, and you know the biggest thing I got from your story was. Um, you know, that you just kept going, like, you weren't like, okay, this is it, you know, this is what people expect of me, I'm going to do this, and this is how you make money, but you're like, mm, this doesn't fulfill me, moving on, you know, like, and you kept, like, your story is so, like, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going until I find what I love, which I think is super inspiring.
1: Yeah, I think, too, now, given the climate of our world, I've had a couple of conversations with people who, you know, they're, they're reaching for plan B and people who have lost jobs or their career has changed or their situation has changed. And they're trying to figure out, well, what does this mean for me? And what does this look like for my career and any dreams that I was chasing? And someone posed the question to me, like, do you see yourself getting back on that bike? Like, is that where you want to be? And I wasn't really sure what they meant by the question at first. So I was kind of like, uh, I didn't want to be presumptuous. and like, yes, I'll get back on there because the question is, there's so much that's uncertain right now. I didn't know. But that wasn't the purpose of his question. It was more like, if that's where you feel like you belong and it's what you love, like how many of us can actually say that we found what really makes us feel fulfilled. And like, I feel like I was put on the planet to do this. And I grew up with a, a dad who worked a job that supported his family, but did not bring him joy. And we saw that every single day. And it affects you, who you are as a person and how you interact with other people and the trajectory of your life. And I guess somewhere along the way, I made the decision that that was not going to be the path for me. And I didn't know what it was that I could do that would make me feel that way. But now that I have found it, I don't know what could happen to come between me and like this space and job and life that I found. I think I would fight like hell to keep it and to do it and to continue to support it in any way that I can to see where it can take me because at the end of the day, that's all we have, you know, that and the relationships and the connections that we formulate along the way.
0: Yes. I love that. Um, You know, and actually, you know, one of the reasons that I love all of this so much is, you know, so Allie writes this post and she talks about um, this journal that she had and something that she wrote in there. Um, And it's about, you know, how she is a, you know, soul cycle instructor and she is, you know, she's coming like, what is there going to be fear of judgment? And I like, I, and if I would want to read this because she said, when I first decided to pursue, pursue this career over four years ago, I had such a fear of judgment running into someone I knew from another life, family gatherings, first dates, and that dreaded question that carries so much weight in DC, especially what do you do? I'm an indoor cycling instructor, chirp, chirp, and the fear that chirp, <laughs> chirp. <laughs> And the fear that immediately perceived as unintell- unintelligent or have no true career path. And I challenge anyone again to like go and read this because just reading that part, like, you don't have to be a soul cycle instructor, you don't have to have anything to do with fitness or do anything that Ali's doing, but just. All those words, and like I think that is everyone's biggest fear for going for their goal is if I do what I truly love, you know, how do I tell the people around me that ask, you know? And I feel like you touched, you said it so perfectly, and just and you said what probably so many people are feeling but are too scared to
1: continue to do. Thank you, first of all. Um, I think it's twofold. I think one, it's the fear of judgment, and two, it's the fear of failure. I think that we live in this world now where people are putting, you know, as you and I said a few minutes ago, their best day, their best hair out there in the public eye. And the other piece of this that I was thinking of yesterday actually is, like if I scroll through my Instagram account, the pictures that have the most likes and the most comments are the ones where (laughs) I look nothing like I do on a normal day-to-day basis. And it portrays me in this light of, like it's just ideal or it's it's surfaced and I mean I'm guilty of using the platform in that way and I will be the first to admit that it feels really good to like see a picture of myself and I'm like oh my gosh I feel so proud of her and who she is and how she looks there and you put it up and then you get validation for it from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and it fuels it that's how it's created Um, and then I'll put a picture of my dog who I love with my whole heart and soul. And it's like 172 likes. And I'm like, come on guys. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a beautiful tool and it's also a curse at the same time. And I think like, it's scary to allow yourself to be seen for who you are and what makes you happy and what you love. And a wonder if the people, places and things that you've placed importance on up to that point will accept you for it. Um, or new people that you come into contact with. There's also the fear that, you know, in this world of, like, here's best case scenario, here's what I look like on my best day, that if we fall short of that, well, then what do we do? And I have, like, very, very painfully at times lived the story that if you strip away the plans and the expectations and you, like, just take whatever painful breath it is that you have to take and step into something that's a little unknown, even if and fail. Sorry if you have to edit that. <laughs> Even if you do, like maybe something else will come along. Like maybe that puts a little coin in the karma jar, or maybe you gain experience that allows you to prepare for something different, or it's a courage that you take on that you didn't know that you could have. And and it sucks because there are going to be people who are like, oh, oh. Like I remember I was dating this guy, and his mom was like, so this whole indoor cycling thing, it's just temporary, right? Like it's not serious. No. And I was so mortified in that moment. A, because she said that to me, (laughs) and B, because I felt in that moment I had to be like, oh no, 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 I, I, um, you know, I have my master's degree in this. And I felt the need to like validate myself to her when really in the back of my mind I'm like, oh no, it's absolutely permanent. You better believe that when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be riding this mother effing bike and singing at the top of my lungs and just hopefully filled with so much joy and pride that. I don't need to do anything else. And maybe someone will knock on my door tomorrow with a different opportunity. But if I get into the habit of shutting people out and closing myself off to things that excite me because I'm scared, then nothing's going to knock on my door, you know? And, and the first dates that I went on when they asked me what my job was and I told them and that was their reaction. Well, they are not someone that I'm currently dating <laughs> and probably for the best. And it's uncomfortable, but God, it's so necessary, you know?
0: Well. You know it it is crazy that you say like how this whole like medicine and or like health and all has changed because you know I feel like back in you know when we were in college like those times if you'd be if you were to say like i'm gonna be a soul you know instructor <laughs> instructor, everyone would be like, "Wow, she really went down you know and like <laughs> ah, what happened her but now it's so respected, you know what I mean like and I don't like I feel like health and wellness right now is like you do what? Like, I think you're a total badass. And I'm like, Oh my God, she's so cool. Could I ever do that? You know? And it, but I think it is how we just, you know, how we, I guess how we look at things. And, you know, I really think everything you said is just, is so awesome. Just, you just have to go for it and just do it. And if you don't have the courage, then other things can't open up for you. And, um, gosh, I, I feel like I wish you could talk to every you know, a high school girl that's getting ready to graduate and tell her that, like, girlfriend, you can do anything
1: you want? I mean, retweet. I, uh, I don't know. Having been at whatever I decided rock bottom felt like to me in whatever moment I felt like I was there, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think that's something that I tell myself daily. And I have to remind myself that hindsight is twenty twenty. I can't just like know that it is. I have to remember that it is. There's a difference. Because in the moment, it's like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? Why is this so hard? And it's like, you're not supposed to know why it's happening. And you're not supposed to know why it's so hard. And if there's something in the back of your mind that says keep going or maybe it's worth it, and you even if you don't know why, just go and just do it. And then in a year or a month or maybe tomorrow, you'll be able to turn around and remember that, oh, yeah now i know and i didn't need to know this lesson in that moment i just needed to know that it mattered or know that these people don't matter or that that opinion doesn't matter and and trust that at the end of the day those conversations you have with yourself and how you move through them are like some of the most important things that we can do on a day-to-day basis and the people yeah. that walk around and have all of the answers figured out and they're smiling every day and their hair is blown out they, <laughs> they don't know yeah. what they're doing either they just yeah. are faking it yeah. a lot better and at the end of the day i think the people that we gravitate towards and the people that we follow or are inspired by and allow ourselves to be inspired by are the people that lead with authenticity and it is the superpower of this world. And without it, nobody's taking risks and nobody's doing anything inspiring. So
0: no, I, I totally agree. Like you have to tell your story. Um, someone who one time was saying, um, that like some celebrity had said, like, "Oh, I just do this all by myself," and she was like, "Shame on her!" And she was like, "For not telling, you know, what the truth is is that you don't do it by yourself; that you need the help, you know." And we, if we have to open up about these things, that life isn't always perfect, and you know, because that leaves it open for other people to do the same.
1: So, well, and I think there's a piece of vulnerability that has to come into it too, and um, a lesson that I have learned through this is it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to raise your hand and ask a question that you fear the answer is, sh- is or should be obvious. Those are really important pieces to having courage and being inspiring to other people. Um, and I think that that's easy to forget when you're really trying to chase a dream or a goal or accomplish something and wanting to feel as though you have the answers or have a plan. A lot of leaders at one point in time or at every point in time didn't know the answers to the questions that they were searching for. And so being able to have people in your corner that support you and, and having the vulnerability to lean on them when it was necessary is huge. And that's again, something that I feel like I'm relearning all the time and, and not expecting it to be easy. Another thing that I try to remind myself of all the time is that everybody, not everybody, but I think a lot of people have goals. Like everybody has things that they go to bed at night and dream about or things that they see or they look at and excite them and like, light them up inside and the only difference between those of us who kind of push through and get there and those of us who don't are, some of us are just willing to get our hands dirty and put the work in.
0: Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. So did you ever think that you would be named a uh, DC instructor of the year? <laughs>
1: no, no. Um, that was, I had actually just moved to New York. It was like the early days of my soul cycle career coming from the studio where I got my start. And one of the founding instructors of SoulCycle who outside of like the boutique fitness industry in New York City or maybe even LA, you probably wouldn't know who she is. Her name is Janet Fitzgerald. And um, she's like the holy sanctuary of SoulCycle and runs the training program for all instructors who come through. And we had just finished like a long day of seminar and she stands up. And at this point, I didn't even know if she knew my name. And she was like, Allie, stand up. And I was like, uh. And I hadn't pulled my phone out in a while, but like, I have an Apple watch and my wrist had been like vibrating like crazy for the last like hour. So I was like, someone is either dead or like, I don't know what's happening, but, um, she was like, you have some very exciting news to share. And I was like, I do. And she was like, can you guys put um, your hands together for your teammate here? She was just named DC instructor of the year. And that is a big F-U-C-K-I-N-G deal. And I almost fell over. I was like, um... It's a no, like it's just by nominations. So like, there's a like a fitness company where people can just submit stories about you, and then they read the stories and they choose a winner. Um, and they even sent me a few excerpts to read myself. And that was something else that I kind of wrote about in the journal post was like I had a really awesome, beautiful, emotional farewell from DC when I left to go to New York to pursue soul, and I got cards and letters and I gave myself like a day to sit down and read them and soul cycle is a metaphor for anything that inspires anybody but like for the people who come into this environment and they are touched by it in whatever way it's really special and after all the years at that point had been almost four years maybe of teaching and literally starting from the bottom when I first started I was like I don't care what time slot I don't care how many people are in the room just give me this space to exist and to sing and to smile and to dance and to sweat and to speak and connect with these people who think that they need me, but really like I needed them so badly too. Um, And I will show up 100% of whoever I am that day. hundred percent isn't always the best, but it's the best of who we can be. Um, And I pride myself on that. I, I don't call out. I don't take sick days. I don't um, show up late. I take it really, really seriously because it's, it's about me, but it's also about them. And usually the days where like, you know, I struggle the most to drag myself out of bed or the days that I needed the most. And if I needed the most that day, somebody else needs it the most for a different reason. And you think these things and you feel them when you connect to people. But then to have that moment where I sat down and read these stories of these things that people had gone through and whether it was a song that I played or a word that I had said that they just needed to hear in that moment. And how could I have known and people that had introduced themselves to me, people who I developed relationships with, people who I didn't even know at all. I couldn't even picture their faces. Um, There was a woman who was like, my daughter passed away. And the first thing that I did was sign up for your class. And I sat in the back and I cried and you played that Coldplay song. And then you said this. And it was just like, holy sh**. Like, I'm not saying that these kinds of pronounced things have to happen inside of a cycling studio, but this is what life is about to me. And like in that moment, reading this, these words and these cards and these letters that was the moment of hindsight you know it was like going through whatever I had to go through working as hard as I did to get x y and z or to be here to be named the best of dc and to be scouted and recruited or whatever by soul cycle who in my opinion is like the best in the business like here's a moment where I can say okay check you got there like you did it and that makes it sound like it was about the achievement But it's so much more than that. It's like I so deeply had been craving approval or someone to make me feel like what I was doing mattered. And I had to get to a point where it mattered so much to me that I didn't really need to hear it in order for me to appreciate those words as much as I did in that moment. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. I feel like everything you just said was like could be the mic drop to like (laughs) – like you got to play this at the end of every soul cycle because everybody would just be <laughs> crying. Because you know, I gosh, you saying that you know, if you need it that day, that means someone out there needs it more. And I feel like in fitness, sometimes, or when you're coaching someone else, or you're just in that industry like you if you can't show up for yourself you have to show up for someone else and I feel like that's what you did and I think like the biggest thing is you just like your job is just to sh- you showed up you know and so you showing up and not calling out and being there and you know for anyone who walks in the door and wants to take your class is just someone needed someone to show up that day and it was you and it's always going to be you and you're always going to be there which is probably why you were named DC instructor of the year. <laughs>
1: well, I hope that- <laughs> People like whatever your job is or whatever your craft is, whatever your passion is, I think it's important to to show up A and B to do it as you are. I've taken classes, I've gone to restaurant. I mean, I don't even know. You could name any kind of craft or industry or experience. I've had, you know, dealt with car dealerships, like whatever it is. And I'll just use SoulCycle as the example right now because it's what I do, but I've gone to classes where the instructor gets on the bike and paces on a smile and is like, be the change you wish to see in the world and tap it back. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like the, the best classes that I taught were the ones where I got on the bike and I like sat and I like propped my feet up on the handlebars and like leaned back against the wall. And I was like, I got two hours of sleep because my now ex-boyfriend is not <laughs> <laughs> and I told him I had a dream that I wanted to chase New York City and he said, good luck, we're going to break up. And I sobbed and then pressed play and I was like, we're just going to do this because I, have, that's all, because that's what I need. And it's like every human being in that room who's dealing with something but is afraid to allow themselves to show that they're dealing with it just got a little permission slip to like show up a little more as they are.
0: Yes. And
1: God, we need more of that in yes.
0: this world. Oh my gosh. And that's, is that a true story? The boyfriend story?
1: Oh, yeah. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed in that class. I cried so hard. Um, and I was like embarrassed. I like apologized. And in the moment, I remember when I was making the playlist that morning, I woke up at like four o'clock. I slept from like two to four. And I, at the time, I was like, I'm just going to put all of these like emotional music bombs in this playlist because I think I need it. Hindsight, maybe like a few less of those. So I could have like pulled <laughs> together. But I, Some of the, like, the people who were in that room that day, and I don't know if that day is the day that sealed the deal, but, like, are people that I call friends today, and I think it's because of that moment. And all anybody wants is to feel like they're seen and heard. Like, that empathy is one of the most important things to practice in this world. Like Like, allowing yourself to, A, be open about what you're going through and feeling it, and then seeing and feeling other people who are going through it, too. Um... It's bring, it comes back to the whole authenticity piece. And I think that I practiced a lot of it that day and I practice a lot of it all the time now. I, I really try not to just like spew out arbitrary motivational quotes, but just tell stories and speak from the heart. And one thing that I love about Cycle is they really encourage that. I like um, that. It's, it's, about, it's not about a bike, it's about the community and the connection and um, whether you consider yourself a people person or not, or a loner or a family person, whatever it is, um, our life has a lot more meaning when we feel connected to others and when we feel seen by others. And that's what this job has allowed me to do too. And whatever job or craft or passion or hobby it is that allows you to feel that way. I encourage anyone who's listening to this to do more of it. And if you don't know what that is, then, then just start doing different things and like putting yourself out there and experiencing because, I think the difference in what your life looks like with and without that piece is, it'll change the game for you.
0: Absolutely. Well, okay. So if you could give someone any advice, I mean, I feel like this whole thing has actually been that, but like some direct advice, some, another woman or someone out there is nervous to go for their dreams. Like, what would you tell them to do? Where's the first place they should start?
1: The first place is, um, I think it's your support system. I think that I had to go through a really uncomfortable period of transition as a young adult where I had friends, I had family, I had people in my life that I thought were the people that were going to be there for me. And they modeled things And priorities that I, at the time, thought were important in my life, like, I really had to look at, okay, what is it that you love? What is it that makes you feel the most, and, you know, I say the most like you when we're all still trying to figure out who we are, and that's always changing. But the version of you that brings you the most joy, and then who are the people that, A, bring that out in you, and B, like, you know in your heart of hearts, like, the relationships that you have in your life that, where you really feel seen for who you are and appreciated and loved. And those are the people that are going to get you feeling inspired or feeling energetic or motivated to do those things. And I'm not saying they're going to have the answers or the finances or the resources, but they're going to have the support. And that's a really important place to start. I think chasing goals or envisioning what that path looks like for you can be a really isolating process, especially if you're coming from a place or an experience or a job that's very different from where you're trying to go because it's just such uncharted territory. And when we feel alone, I think it's easier to divert from the path or to give up or whatever. So like I had to really not like cut people out, but cut people out Yeah, that I felt judgment from, or, you know, those days where you're like, holy, shit, I, All I want to do is put on a grout fit and cry on the floor holding my dog. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give up and nothing matters. Mm -hmm. And or like, you, you hear a song or you're watching a movie or like a thought crosses your mind and you just feel like you're going to unload and you like need to pick up the phone and call that person. And I was having those moments (laughs) all day, every day for a really long time. And I would reach for my phone and I felt like I had no one to call. And, A, it really strengthened my relationship with myself, which was really important. But B, it made me really heavily evaluate the people that I thought were in my corner and the traits that I looked for when allowing people into my life and into my circle. Um, And once you find people that really love you for you or respect what it is that you're trying to do or chase, they're going to show up for you and they're going to build you up in the moments where you feel like you're falling down because you're going to have those moments. We all do. And we can all be our own worst enemy from time to time. And um, having a support system and a network that decides that what you decide is important is also important. I think that's priceless and it's hard to find. And when you do find it, it's hard to, make the realization that maybe there are relationships or places or connections in your life that were pulling you away from where you really saw yourself going and having the maturity to kind of cut that cord. And now that you have to like, you know, shut those people out, but just recognize like, this really isn't serving me anymore. And there's a difference between being self-centered and being selfish. And there's a time and a place for both. And if we can't recognize when it's important to put ourselves first, we're never going to, we're never going to get
0: there. Um, I couldn't agree with this more. And I feel like, you know, when I started, you know, feeling like I wanted to do what my passions, the, the first thing I did was I would just sit down and be like, okay, what brings me joy? And I would say, I feel like, you know, last year I just said, I'm cutting out anything that doesn't bring me joy anymore. And that was people. And some of that was like, I don't want to go to that mom group anymore because those moms don't make me feel good or I don't want to hang out with this girl because I, she's just negative and I need to be around happy people. And I feel like life is so short that you know you have to be around people that are going to push you to be a better person or you know inspire you or at least some freaking positivity because it's like we cannot go down that road.
1: I think it's also important to identify like when you're suffering from comparison too, especially with the way that social media plays a role in our lives these days. Like when I was getting into the fitness industry and especially the nutrition space, I'm like, okay, like if I want to have my nutrition practice, what does that look like? And what are other people out there doing? Or like, what are other health professionals or the instructors who are really successful? Like how are they crafting and creating their brand and putting it out there? So you're like following these different accounts or you're looking up these people and you're, you know, developing whatever kind of relationship, whether it's strictly virtual or just from a distance or you actually meet them and you're like, okay, these are the people that I want to like start to build a network around because this is the path that I want to go down. And then you quickly realize, okay, but these are also the people that I'm now looking at every day and just brutally painfully comparing myself to my language, my brand, what I wear, how I present my product, my body. And it's like, okay, at what point does this become detrimental to my progress as opposed to where I thought it was gonna help promote it. And we attach, me too, I'm not saying that I'm above this or different from this. Like I attach such value to like number of followers, number of likes, or people engaging with my content. And remembering, like bringing yourself back down to earth and what's actually important. Like I've seen people, I've had like riders, we call them riders, but people in my community who will like send me nonstop messages on like Instagram before class after class in between this happened in my life this happened with my boyfriend this is happening in school my husband this music this song can I ask you this question about you and then I'll see them in person and they feel as though like well oh, I can't talk to her yeah. and like those are not the relationships that I want to cultivate and I don't want to ever make someone feel though so that's the way that that this world revolves or works revolves what am I saying um <laughs>
0: And you are really like for anyone listening and you ever can get to her class or find the chance to meet Allie. Like she's the easiest person to to talk to. Cause I feel like you're goofy and you're down for anything and just like fun. And you know, so I think. We
1: create these images of people, you know, like, and then we end up comparing ourselves to them or deciding what that relationship looks like before it even exists.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's why I really appreciate people on social media that, um, you know, they, you look good and whatever, and I can, you know, and I respect you, but then on, you also share your, the dirty parts too. Like life's not perfect because it, it gives, it may, gives you permission that it's okay that your life's not per, you know, we, yeah. we don't need to live up to something. So you said that so well too. Okay. So what is the next, what's the next big thing for you?
1: Boy, getting back on the bike, to be honest, I however long this podcast stays out there, we are currently in the middle of COVID-19 and the um interesting universe that has created for us. And you know, it's funny, like there was a phase over the past month or two where I was like, okay, so what does my nutrition practice look like now? And like, what if I can't ever get back on the bike? Or what if the universe never goes back to normal? So how, what is next for me? Or like, what does that look like? And how can I make the most of this time and be really productive and really creative? And the reality is like the people and the places and the activities that make me feel the most inspired and alive and creative are not resources for me right now. And I don't know who needs to hear this. And when you will listen to this, but you do not have to make the best of a pandemic. <laughs> like, yeah. That doesn't need to be a thing. And everything about the universe right now is telling us to slow the f- down. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I have been teaching for uh, five years without so much as a vacation. And so like my body desperately needed this and my mind and my heart in so many ways. So I'm really trying to lean into that. and. What that has allowed me to do is um, really nurture relationships that I have in my life that I've been able to slow down and realize whether they're new or have been have existed for a long time, like these are the people and the things that really matter and right now, in a more simplistic routine, we can really nurture that um, so that's really important, and to be honest it doesn't sound like renown or anything like that, but um I'm so so grateful for the work that I've done to this point to allow me to like, like I have this incredible community through Lululemon being named an ambassador where I have people reaching out and, you know, to lean on and to just shoot around creative ideas in a different way than we're used to outside of a studio or a fitness space or Lululemon. And um, I'm really, really grateful that I worked my ass off for five years to be in a position that I am where I can kind of, kick back and take a breath. And my job with Soul Cycle is protected and I'll have a space to return to when this turns back on. And um, I feel more excited and inspired to do that than ever before. Like, I don't think I've ever stepped into that space and taken it for granted or just like gone through the motions of a class. Like I, I do everything in my power to, as we said before, show up. But like, I can't even think about, like I was talking to somebody the other day, like, okay, what songs are you gonna play in the first class back? And like, what is that going to feel like? And tears like well in my eyes. And Aww. I just, um, I, I can't wait to get back in there and just, again, maybe I don't need a crazy plan and, and just see kind of what the world looks like then and how people are receptive to it because I think they're going to come in with even more open hearts than they did before. Oh yeah. Uh, and um, I just, I can't wait for that. I think like long-term, There are a lot of really cool leadership opportunities within SoulCycle that I'm working towards. So for me, that's what my medium range future looks like. And uh as well as like continuing to grow my nutrition business and any type of like ambassador, sponsor relationships and communities that I have the opportunity to connect with and think are a good fit and see how that can continue to grow me professionally, but like surface level, I just want to get back in that room and do everything that I can to make it even more special for the people who, A, already felt that it was special and are missing it, or B, have never experienced it and will have the opportunity to one day.
0: I think that's awesome. And I think people are going to be <laughs> so excited to get back in there with you. Like, I mean, they're going to be like running for the door as soon as they can. <laughs> like, well, I need you. You know, we just, I just can't wait to hug everybody. That's like, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like It's going to be a hug fest. Get ready. So, um, <laughs> you know, your story is so inspiring and you just, I can't help but think like, so, you know, how many people before we end this, like, did you feel like, that people weren't supportive? I know you said like some boyfriends, moms, <laughs> boyfriends, <laughs> like God, that, you know, you know, shame on her. But did you, you know, you feel that, like some people weren't supportive about this, but you know, like, hey, I'm going to take this $36,000 a year education and I'm going to go be a, a Soul Cycle instructor and do what I love.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, I can, I can still feel the nerves and the anxiety and the partial embarrassment of like running into people that I hadn't seen in a while when I first embarked on this and like hearing the words come out of my mouth and then immediately trying to like make it sound fancier than it was, or like, uh, justify it somehow, whether they actually brought the question with judgment or I was just so fearful that it was coming that I perceived it before it was there. Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh it was it was horrible it was so horrible and trying to get people to come take a class because I was like if only they can see what it's like or feel it or like watch me in action like maybe maybe they'll understand um I like friends significant others I think over time I just stopped caring and I'm sure a lot of it was projection on my part I know that I have a really, really incredible supportive family and never once have they like outwardly dissed my career path. Um, I think that with love and concern and just, you know, part of a responsibility of a support system and authentic relationships are challenging each other and, and having difficult conversations. So like, have there been moments with family and close friends where they're like, okay, well, what if you get hurt, you know, physically? So what does that look like?" or how much longevity does this career actually have? Like you're putting your body through a lot, like teaching 20 classes a week, every week. So like, and we at Seoul, we ride our classes. So it's not like you're just a lot of fitness disciplines. Well, the instructor is not actually going through it. Like we are going through it with them. So that's a concern. And I've definitely had people bring that up. And maybe in the moment I got defensive, but I know that it came from a good place. And they're also important things to think about in my line of work. I think I also was slow at first to come to a place where i really really believed in what i was doing and i think when when people sense security, insecurity or fear in someone else whether we're doing it intentionally or not it's easy to kind of like jump down that throat but the more confidence and pride and excitement and happiness that came from like a true genuine place in me like when i would talk about it or share or do it like people are going to get on board and they're going to cheer you on and they're going to support you and i felt that a lot and the people that like i had friends who i mean if i ran into them today ran into them today it would still be kind and amicable and everything would be mature and wonderful but that just kind of slowly disappeared into the background because at some point like you have to choose yourself like i am, you know my college dating history and I thought I would be married by 24, 25, have a family. And I wasn't really worried about the rest. Like that was my priority. And I think I thought that that was putting myself first. Like, oh, but this is what I want. And this is what I need. And so many times up until like six months ago, like I had to repeatedly learn and make the hard choice of like, I'm going to choose like my own love story with me and what I want as opposed to making a shift or a sacrifice for somebody else. And I think obviously this like goes into a whole different topic that we don't need to get into of like love and sacrifice and relationship and things like that. But, but then you just, but I guess if you're getting to a point where you're apprehensive or you're not willing to do that, then there's something in your mind telling you it's not right. And up until this point, the things that really made my heart beat and made me tick and have been driving me forward if a friendship or a relationship lacked support in that, then that relationship was not going to stay at the top of my priority list. And it was going to fizzle into the background because I made the decision when I embarked on this to choose me and you just trust that someone else will come along who wants to choose themselves and share that ambition, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think I thought that it did and people can cheer you on and you can have you and than the people that stick around and love you through that. That's, that's the real deal.
0: I love that. And I love you say, you know, I choose me and I feel like that's so powerful. And, you know, I feel, I really feel this in my soul, everything that you said, and just like, you know, the, you know, the wondering if people are going to judge and what, you know, when you come up and you have to, you like, you need your perfect elevator pitch. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, when you just have to get to a point where you are so passionate about and you believe in it, you have to elevator pitch yourself. Because if, when you speak something with passion, it doesn't matter if you work at McDonald's or, you know, whatever, and you love it. People feel that they're like, Oh, you go girl. Like they envy people who do what they love and are happy. But it's like if we hide behind it, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm a social instructor," you know, then you're like, "Um, what?" You know, they're like, "Oh." Right. I don't- really likes it, you know, and they feel, you know, but if you speak with passion and you let that come out, like, and again, I just feel like that's this whole inspiration thing. Like you speak with passion about things that you love. It gives permission for other women and other people out there to do the same. But if you hide it and you act like it's not that cool and you're scared about it, then everyone else in the world also feels like their dreams aren't worthy
1: also. And that sucks. Well, and I think the thing that's like really, really important to not lose all of this, like, Like I'm standing in a place where, you know, despite the current state of our world where I'm not really able to do the thing that I love the most, but I'm in a position where I have my dream job. My life is filled with people who love me and see me for like who I am and celebrate me and support me and lift me up. And I hope I do the same for them. But like, it's not a pretty process to get there. And I think that it's important to say that and remind people of that no matter like where they are in their process. Like I'm not at the end of my road yet. And right now I'm in the midst of a ton of challenges and those will always continue, but like i think that it's not wrong to feel defeated and maybe try to figure out another way i think again like those of us who get there and those of us who don't it's just that willingness to like get your hands dirty and do the work and understand that there are going to be days where you cry or you have fear or it's it's a really 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 messy process and that is necessary
0: I love that. It is necessary. You're awesome. You're so awesome. You're you know, awesome. I'm like, okay. I'm like, should, as soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to Google soul cycle, find one nearest me, go there and then be an instructor. Like Yes, do it. <laughs> because, you know, you do speak about it with passion, you know, and then, um, and I know we have keep talking, but, you know, I feel like, The big thing too, I keep going back to like you talking about your dad and saying, you know, he did you recognizing doing something, even though you make money, you know, and seeing it. And I just, I, I like, I'm proud of you. And I feel like, and I wish, and I think more, you know, people should have that courage to do what you did because you had this cookie cutter life set out for you, the perfect college, the perfect family with this job. And, and I, I'm going back to college. I would imagine you would have been a housewife on, you know, Vineyard Vines, you know, (laughs) like.
1: (laughs) You're not wrong. You are not wrong.
0: And I was like, so when I first saw like like, that she was doing Cycle. I was like, okay. Like, I was seriously like, okay, this is different. And I, honestly, the first, like, everything you wrote about was kind of what I thought. Like, wow, I wonder, like, I wonder how, she, you know, like, I wonder if what people think. Like, do you know this perfect Washington College girl with the Lily Pulitzer everything? And, you know, and like, and always looking the part, you know, pearl earrings, everything. And then to like... <laughs> And then to like going out and like, I'm going to do something that nobody, nobody would have said, I can't, there's not one person that was in our school at that time that was like, when I graduate, you know, $36,000 a year, I am going to do fitness, you know, or nobody really ever said something. They're going to do what they love. It was like, you're kind of going to do whatever made you money and what your parents wanted you to do at that point. Yep. So. You I'm are sure. amazing. So how can people, so tell us, how can people find you? Where are your platforms? Because everybody's going to go follow
1: you now. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Allie Michael, A-L-L-I-M-I-C-H-A-L. Um, and uh, that's pretty much, I mean, God, am I going to like piss anyone off if I'm like Facebook is a dying art and it's like the, <laughs> the platform of our parents now? Um, oh my
0: gosh, but it, it's so funny. Like, I asked this young girl that I met, I'm like, oh, what's your Facebook? I'm friend you. She's like, I don't have Facebook.
1: Like, like wait, what? <laughs> um, I have a Twitter, but I'm not an active tweeter. I just really like to read funny celebrities, mainly like Ryan Reynolds and Jimmy Fallon and things like that. Um, I have a TikTok, but you will never, ever see me post on it. So please do not follow me. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> but honestly, if we're talking like platforms to connect, it, Anyone ever finds themselves in washington d c um, come find me and take class and send me a message and I will gladly um, comp you into the class and uh, we can sit and talk or I don't drink coffee, but if I did I'll pretend um, not because I'm like, oh, it's not healthy, but because literally if an ounce of caffeine makes its way into my body, I 'll be scaling rooftops and nobody needs that <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, come find me at a soul I teach um, full-time, especially once the world turns back on. And, um, I also, uh, have a nutrition practice that I do all based on holistic philosophy. And, um, I also really love dogs and avocados, um, and and eye masks.
0: And eye masks. <laughs> so come to Cycle with your dog and avocado and eye masks.
1: And I feel can- like we had an inside joke in college that was something like bring your dog. Does the, did you just do a deja vu? <laughs> yeah. What was it? <laughs> what
0: did we say?
1: <laughs> it's going to come to me later today. I, I know.
0: know. Oh, my gosh. We, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my God. That was funny. Bring your dog. That must have been in some. What in the world? Oh, my gosh. I don't I can't
1: remember Bad thing ever oh man I will never ever ever forget um you sending the Facebook message that you were getting married talk about chasing your dreams (laughs) um and I responded and I was like is this a joke and then you're like no man May 19th hope you can make it and also happy early anniversary um and uh And then we all piled into, um, Gwen's Toyota Camry and drove down to Cambridge for your combined bachelor, bachelor party. And I was like, I don't know what the hell we're walking into. And Jeff came running out and opened the door and picked me up out of the car. And I was like, I like this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, oh my gosh, that was wild. I don't even know what I was, yeah, for real, chasing your dreams. Cause like, there were people that were like, this isn't going to (laughs) work. Like there's, what are you doing? I mean, really though, if my daughter said she wanted to do that, I'd probably lock her in a closet, but, <laughs> but, um, it's crazy now. It's like jokes on you guys. Like, you know, we've, I don't know. It's been forever, like 13 years or something. So, no.
1: you
0: know, it is crazy, but you know, yeah. I, I think it was for us, for Jeff and I, I think why it would last it's just, we like put each other through school. Like we just supported each other. Like I was like, I want to go back to school and that's important to me. And he was like, all right, I want you too. And so we like, I put him through school. He put me through school. And we were always like, he's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to travel the world. All right, let's do it. Like what we're always like, how can we be better? We talk about goals literally every night. Like, what do we want to do? What are our goals in life? And I think that's, I think that's why we're good.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's finding people who are in your support in your corner who are going to support you no matter what.
0: Yeah. But you know, um, you were saying about being the best have, um, I always listen to like personal development and like good books. There's a book called, um, there's no plan B for your a game that Ooh, I don't know. it's so you would like, you would love it because he is like, um, he was a football player. Um, and, and he, but he's the whole thing is like, be the best, like, be the best in anything that you do. Cause you're like, well, you don't have to be the best, but you said I wanted to be the best. And, but he's like, no, 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 you be the best. You say, I am the best. And like, but he relates a lot to like sports and like some soccer players and stuff. So, like, I was like drawn to it. And it was just like going about your life, like, be the best at whatever you do. Um, and like changing your mindset. But I like that. Every single person that has ever succeeded, has gone through like getting rid of friendships and doing things that people didn't think that they should, you know? So, all right. So Allie, thank you so much for being on the podcast, for sharing your story, for giving, like seriously giving everything that you did, because I am truly sure that this is going to inspire so many people to go for their goals, go for their dreams, no matter where you came from or where you're going, you have like, I feel like you have, you have told people that they can do anything they want in their life, you know, with passion.
1: Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and mission accomplished. Yeah, I, I hope so. Again, like, be yourself, believe in yourself, fill your corner with people who believe in you and see you for who you are, not who you think they think you should be. Um, and get your hands dirty because that's messy.
0: Yes. I love that. All right, everyone, make sure that you tag Allie. I will put everything in so you can find her on all the platforms, tag her, tell someone how you feel, share this podcast. And thank you for listening. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Inspire Her podcast. Make sure you share it with your friends. Tag me on Instagram, Insta Stories, or Facebook, and let's inspire her together.